0: Hello, and welcome to This Changes Everything. My name is Larry Genie, and I'll be your host as we explore an approach to education that redefines the very purpose of schools, to prepare students to live fulfilling and productive lives by teaching them how to be responsible and self-directed learners. In this episode, I'll be talking to Ryan Murphy, who's a math teacher at Niles North High School. Before we get to that conversation, though, I'd like to talk briefly about the nature of testing. Because I believe that tests are one of the most deceptive of school structures, we often as teachers fall for the idea that tests measure learning, that if a student is getting A's on tests, they must really understand the material. But the truth is that tests only measure how many questions the student can answer at that particular moment. If we are to ask the same questions a month later or five months later, it's unlikely that Uh, most students would do as well. And the reason for that is that most of the so-called learning is actually only available to the student in working memory, that is short-term memory. What we want, of course, is for students to retain the material, to have integrated it into their long-term memory. Unfortunately, tests don't really measure long-term memory. Tests are also problematic because uh, more than any other structure in classrooms, they uh, motivate students to do school, that is to game the system, to rack up as many points as possible, to get the highest grades that they can. Doing school directly interferes with learning because it replaces the motivation to learn with the motivation to get good grades. So it's not uncommon for students to cram for a test, regurgitate what they have stored in their working memory, and then promptly forget what they have nominally learned. For all these reasons, it's important that we find ways to reframe the act of taking tests or any form of assessment so that those assessments can become a, an integral part of the learning process and that students see it in that way and use it in that way. If we can teach students to believe that tests are how they will know what they haven't learned yet, then we can focus on what happens after the test, which is in fact more important than everything that happened before the test. Because it's in those moments that the students can isolate the difficulty they're having with the topic and dive in and do the work in order to actually learn what they haven't learned yet. In a traditional classroom, it's not uncommon for the teacher to lead a review after a test is handed back, going through the problem questions, uh, explaining what the answers are, and then moving on to the next topic. Unfortunately, that is not an effective strategy. For the students who did well on the test, they are bored. They don't want to go through the test again. They already got it. And for the students who are struggling, Having a teacher explain to them the questions that they got wrong is not how they're going to learn the material after the test. What is needed is an active remediation process, and that can come in several forms, all of which can be fully integrated into the learning process. In particular, when students um, can go review tests, not as a whole class in a teacher-directed activity, but rather in small groups talking to each other, It's through conversational learning where a student who understands the material and got a question right on the test is talking to a student who's struggling. That's where the work of learning from mistakes starts. Sharing the wealth in this way is an important tool in the learning process, but it's not sufficient. What's needed after that initial conversation is the ability for people who have now identified what they still need to work on to be able to do that work, the remediation work. And the people who did well on the test can move on and do enrichment or some other activity or continue teaching the people who are struggling with the material. At this point, the test now serves a different purpose. Rather than a way of accumulating points, it now directs each student towards making a choice about what he or she needs at that moment to learn from their mistakes on the test. What's needed then is a structure for the uh, students to be able to spread out and do what they need to do in response to the results of the test. One structure that I have found to be really powerful is what I call a learning contract where based on the results of the test students have choices and they will do Uh, remediation based on the particular questions they got wrong on the test, which leads them directly to practice what they need to practice, or enrichment items that would allow students to dive in deeper or do independent work or whatever makes sense at that point. It's my hope that this brief introduction to these ideas will give you a better framework for understanding the conversation you're about to listen to. For anyone who's interested in diving deeper into this topic, I highly recommend that you go to my website, www.geniconsulting.org, that's www.geniconsulting.org, and there you'll find several books. The one that I would recommend you go to is called Agency, A Teacher's Guide to Self-Directed Learning, and there's a chapter called Making Tests Meaningful. I hope you'll look into that if you want to dive deeper. Now that I've covered some of these basic ideas, let's get on to the conversation I had with Ryan Murphy. All right, so yeah. This, so tell me um, what the what it is that you want to talk about, and what's what the topic for today is.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm looking at pre-calculus students, um, their work with vectors, and um, how I can work with them after uh, an exam, Mm -hmm. and and what to do after an exam, right? So I have some students that have mastered every target, have included um, extra thinking, have written uh, mathematical relationships and exactness in the most appropriate way versus approximation, say for instance, and they're, they're high flyers, they're ready to go um, and so, what I'm considering doing with them, I, I had a another unit ready to go. Right? You know, let's yeah. look at polar equations right now. And what I'm I'm giving I'm pushing back against myself. So instead of um, instead of moving on to the next unit, I'm going to loop back in so that I know that these skills are in good shape. Because when you work with vectors. Yeah. the relationship to polar equation it's so important that they see the connection right. I want to make sure I show up these skills so what I'm going to do with my high flyers I'm gonna have them look more in three dimensions so we've been looking at two dimensions I'm gonna allow them to look at three dimensions which is what I do with my advanced students right uh, so and the other levels they'll be able to go on and do some enrichment right questions are you going to assess them on that enrichment or
0: is that just something they're doing for the sake of having something meaningful to do while
1: you're reviewing with other people. So I was thinking about offering an optional assessment if students wanted that as an optional That's assessment. That's a great idea. Yeah. So you know they have this optional assessment and they can choose to take it or not. So they yeah. can look at it as in-class work um, you know so they if they want to earn their you know, quote-unquote points or their yeah. in-class credit they can look at that optional work yeah which would be three-dimensional
0: yeah
1: but I also want to give the students so I I have a couple students that want to become teachers yeah Uh, I know I mean that this is their seniors that that's their career path wow and so I'm actually also offering the opportunity for them to come back and work as my teaching assistant absolutely so while I might be um, doing some mini lessons Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. over some specific topics from the exam Mm -hmm. that we just did uh, I'm also going to allow um, st- the students that want to work as my TAs to work with the larger group of students that were unsuccessful. Right um, right. And it, right. now what it's looking like, it's it's going to be about a half and half thing. So half of my students are going to be set up for primarily enrichment. Mm-hmm. Half of my students have something they really need to go back and, and take a look at. Right. And every day might be different based on the mini lesson that I'm looking right. at. So we're going to have to choose Daily, so I'm going to need some sort of setup for that. Some kind of structure. Some kind of structure to set that up. Yeah. Um, the the three-dimensional enrichment I already have that ready to go that's like great that, yeah yeah, that's, yeah the TA platform they did that when I was out on the sub right so I can go so back worked and kind pretty of well right it worked really really well in my advanced classes yeah, it, right, it yeah. didn't work as well in my regular class mm-hmm. it, it, it worked to a certain extent right as much as you would expect when a teacher's gone for three days yeah it worked to that extent right so let me ask you, before we move on. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the strategy that
0: you use for mm-hmm. mediation depends in part on how many different pieces you have to pick up. Right. How many different topics or subtopics um, did different people mess up on? And how diverse does your response have to be? In other words, um, do you have to come up with a whole range? Of activities that kids will do based on what they messed up on on the test the test should drive what they do correct what they got wrong should drive what they what they're doing
1: I, I think I have four so I think I have four topics okay primarily so I think I have four ideas yeah that um, are separate will be separate for specific students and some students have more than one. more than one. Yeah. right. And do you have work that they can do for all four of those things? I ways do. for them to practice. I do.
0: So then the issue is how do you direct them or how do they direct themselves better mm-hmm. still, to choose which of those four or you know more than one of those four uh, pieces of work that they need to do? And how do you structure that work so that, for instance, they do it as homework? Then they come in and there's a workshop. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 call them topics A, B, C, and D. There'll be a workshop over here on uh, topic A, mm-hmm. and one over there that you're running on topic B, and then one of the students who's a high flyer who absolutely gets this stuff might run mm-hmm. uh, have the answer keys for uh, topic C. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody who has more than one of those problems, I guess they have to pick which one's <laughs> the most problematic. But that's one possibility. And you might create a little
1: mini contract that just, you know, remediation contract. Right. Um, so what I was considering, and, and maybe maybe this isn't the right way to go, or maybe, maybe it is the right way to go. Um, so what I was considering is um, taking that first day and allowing students to really assess themselves and how, the, how they did and having some of those those students that were successful talk with them and, and kind of create an error analysis document. Okay. And, and then from that error analysis document allow those students to take something like a remediation contract Yeah. and determine what activities they, they want to do so they can grab the sheets for each, you know, topic A, B, C or D. Right. And and first initially look at those. Yeah. And then kind of kind of practice or think through those on their own because what the mistake they might have made might be more an error in execution, something yeah. algebraic or right. arithmetic right. versus an error in understanding. So I right. want them to separate execution That's, versus understanding. Right. Right. And then on day 2, start choosing those workshops and you think it would take a full period for them to do that for some students it might take a full period to correct really assess but they'll also grab the documents they need and start being able to practice on their own okay because if they can practice on their own and like oh wow i get it now i don't need a worksheet i or workshop i don't need help on that particular topic what i really need to focus on is topic four versus topic two or something right, like right, that right, right. and then what i'd like to also offer is an opportunity to retake
0: yeah uh, to show right. their knowledge i mean exactly. that's
1: that's the carrot at Absolutely. the end of yeah right, this, this you can raise your grade yeah, yeah. The, and, and, and show and you don't leave the
0: you don't leave the wreckage behind you right. don't move on to something where you really need to know this as a building block as a foundation for what we're going to do, you're not going into that next topic mm-hmm. with a big hole in your foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me suggest then that you create um, a kind of remediation or a post-exam contract that has the enrichment topics mm-hmm. that are available, the work they can do in enrichment, you might have two or three options there. teaching. Uh, is another item on the contract, mm-hmm. and then you might have four or five or six remediation uh, uh, pieces of work, mm-hmm. and you might include um, error analysis of the test as one of the items on the on
1: the
0: on the contract.
1: So, like, you need says to do a... that.
0: You need to do that before you do any of these other things, right?
1: And you could do that. With me or people, other people that might be in the same right. in the same predicament as you, let's say, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. And but you might also be able to sit down with someone who says, you know what, I want to be a TA. I want to help right. people. And by helping them understand their own errors, I can actually understand this process even better. I can, right. I can help myself, by, by reciprocally Deep, teaching, I right. can go deeper, retain more information. Get
0: better at the act of teaching, but mm-hmm. also understand the topic more deeply because mm-hmm. when you teach, you learn more deeply.
1: Right. right. And we can also talk, I think one of the things that I should consider before I talk about teaching is not just becoming a teacher. Mm -hmm. But actually, look at what it takes to be a communicator, a manager of people. That's right. Be able to explain in a way. Right. 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 So this is a this is more of a life skill as well. Absolutely.
0: And it it, and
1: in doing
0: that, you're appealing to all the kids who did well on this test, not just the ones who think they want to become teachers. Right. Because everybody needs help in learning the skill of being able to communicate well, mm-hmm. being able to manage other people's time,
1: being able to, um, uh, you know... Uh, well, be able to articulate exactly. something that's complicated right. and do so in a thoughtful and respectful way so that they don't harm the ego of the other person. That's, right? that's very much true. And,
0: and also, I mean, this is another really important part of teaching that a lot of students don't know, just giving somebody the answer doesn't help them at all right <laughs> you know right and so, i and
1: i really need to include that and i want to i think i want to include that on the document itself so you know i want to include just just giving the answer right isn't really teaching right the
0: the best answer, the best response to a question is another question
1: yeah that's a, that's a really great line there i think i should include that yeah on the on the document that forces the, the questioner, the person who doesn't
0: understand it, to rethink, rethink and, yeah. and try to articulate specifically what they don't understand.
1: Yeah, and in doing so, the hope is that perhaps they answer their own question. Yeah. Right?
0: That, ultimately, right. that would be the optimal, but if, if nothing else, to help both the person who's struggling and the person who's trying to help them. Understand very more and more specifically what it is that the person needs in order to master this now mm-hmm. Because what they need is unknown when they start out What they what what a person a person misses a, a question on, on a test They almost certainly don't know why they got it wrong, right? They, they might if, they they do, well, if it's simple
1: right. simple arithmetic right. Yeah, the, the students at this level understand right. that right and but if it's a lack of comprehension they may not know what they don't know. Yeah, that got in the way. I think one of the biggest things that we I need to make sure that we consider in this case is uh, understanding the vocabulary and symbology of this unit because it's a very important aspect of it. Yeah, it's something that I'm going to include in the remediation. Um, is create absolutely. And I think now it's something that they have. We 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 did do together. Like we, we started that process, mm-hmm. and I show them how to create the summary. I'm ch- I'm trying to release that responsibility. Yeah. To my students this semester. So in the past I would have helped them create this study guide as we're working through create the summary, and now it's more of an ask. Like I would do this. This is something I would consider, yeah. and I do have students at uh, at the. Uh, you know, beyond the, the lowest level. They're, they're doing this all the time. This is a natural aspect of their learning. Right. And part of what I'm trying to teach is how to become a better learner. Yep. How do we yep. summarize our own thinking and thoughts. Exactly. Right. You know, if I'm constantly asking what the symbols are, what the formulas are, I, I'm not. I, I don't have certainty.
0: Right, and one of the things you can do about that is to create an ungraded quiz that says define every one mm-hmm. of these symbols. And And they'll find out immediately which ones they need to learn right and if they're sitting next to somebody who knows it the deal can be completed almost immediately right right Mm -hmm. and and then you might have them if they didn't do well on that ungraded checkup of the symbols have them do some stuff and then two days later have those same people do it again Mm -hmm. not the people who got it all
1: right but the people who didn't get it all right have them do another check I'm say well you got it now yeah so it's interesting you know you say that now in the is something i used to do for geometry as a geometry teacher for for 10 years i would have i would have always done that yeah with the symbols and so yeah. when i move into the polar's aspect when i move into the next unit yeah i think i i just have to do that from the Abs- get go absolutely and especially cuz we'll be switching between two different contexts that's right. something and that's in rectangular format xy's versus something that you know, is in the polar format, which right. has a, a magnitude direction and direction or a direction. radius and direction. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, And
0: one of the things you can do then, th- there are all these sub-skills that are built mm-hmm. into this. The translation, for instance, you probably already have this, but um, uh, simply being able to go from this format to that format and fr- and back,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you, you yeah, don't, that's don't, a- a- don't assume anything, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that Even the most obvious, X, Y becoming theta...
1: Right, R theta. R theta.
0: um, uh, If you have a fundamental um, practice on that, if they're in groups, translate this way, then translate that way. And then do a checkup, and then have work that people who didn't do well in the checkup Mm -hmm. to practice just that basic skill so that they really start to understand... The, tr- the skill of translation uh-huh. because if they if you move on and you say to yourself oh, they should have that by now or they say to themselves yeah yeah I got it right <laughs> you know? and then the roof falls in because you know the foundation is weak yeah so uh, yeah those are all those are all steps of of taking complex skills deciding how many sub skills are really needed Having and having checkups on the sub-skills so that they don't get embedded. So there's a hole in their knowledge that gets embedded in the whole skill that they don't
1: even see. Right, right. So there, there, and I, what I kind of think I hear your, you saying as well is that brings us back to the piece when you said they don't know if they executed it wrong or they, they don't understand the question, right? Right. So if we can recognize those sub-skills even earlier Yeah. You know, and we can rectify that. Yeah. Um, then it comes a matter of just executing the problem versus un- even understanding what either is being asked. That's right. Or um, this this minor sub skill which held, which hurts them understanding what's even happening right. in class to begin with, and as we move forward, right? Yeah. So there are those major sub skills that if they don't recognize in the beginning. They, yeah. they can't do the later work. They might not
0: even recognize that these five skills are needed in order to do this kind of problem. Yeah. And I don't know how to do skill number four right. of these five. Right. Right. They might not even know there are five. And a student, a student who doesn't have uh, the growth mindset will get stopped by one of those right. things that they don't know how to do and say, oh, yeah, I don't know how to do these. Yeah. And they sh- the door closes, and they're done. Yeah. And they can't learn from, you know, the skill that you're, by, by taking a complex skill and show, making visible the sub-skills that are needed, mm-hmm. and teaching them to pay attention and to trust that, oh, I know how to do most of this, but here's the piece I don't know, I call it isolating the difficulty.
1: Isolating the difficulty, right? okay. Mm-hmm. That's a skill that they need to become a good learner. Right. You know, not, you, ju- not just in this class, it's, it's, it's everywhere, everywhere. If
0: you if read two, two paragraphs about a historical epoch, and there's a phrase that you don't know, and you glide right over it without acknowledging, ooh, I need to look that up, you haven't isolated the difficulty. Yeah, you don't sense. know what you don't know. Right. Right? So it's also a metacognitive <laughs> training thing that you're talking about. And checking up on this stuff can be really cheap and easy and have nothing to do with grades. Right, you know, just a little a, a checkup. yeah, what's this? See if you can write it down the answer. you know, you can throw something on the board and see, all right, if you had trouble with that,
1: we need to talk about doing these this practice over here. okay, I think I'm, I think I'm okay, I think I know what to do, yeah, with my pre calc students, so um, yeah. so i'm I'm looking at my advanced students, yeah. And I just want to uh, put another idea at you. Today okay. we did a. We, today we did a checkup. Yeah. And students, um, they they graded their own checkup, and I had them score it as if I was scoring it. So I helped them understand um, the different aspects of how I might score it and and what I would consider valuable. Right. And so I have the students actually go through. Those subset skills in the, at the advanced level, yeah, and um, and then I, I had them write uh, a little reflection on you know was this how useful was it to do that nice right? just yeah. on a just on a sticky note yeah to me you know how how useful was it to do that, and I got a, a lot of feedback from students a lot of really positive feedback excellent um, and I'm just wondering if that's something that I should consider doing as far as these checkups in the, in this at, at both levels right. Should I consider doing that and really isolate those sub skills? You know, i I would be scoring understanding this sub skill, this sub skill, yeah, right? and then how to how to determine the result you know, yeah. result or the answer, things like that. I,
0: I think so. You know, you can make the grading structure reinforce the importance of process and mm-hmm. sub skills. Right. You know, for instance when I was teaching problem solving in physics I would have a whole process. You list the givens and unknowns, you choose the equation, you rearrange it for the unknown, you substitute in the stuff you're doing, right. and you execute. And the answer is worth one-fifth of the value of the whole problem, because the process is four-fifths.
1: Right, no, and that's and that's exactly what we did today. That's exactly what mm-hmm. I show them with these application problems yeah. and, and things like yeah. that. So. Yeah, okay, that that to me makes a lot of sense, and then students can really see, they can, actually what that does is it uh, helps them under, uh, isolate their own difficulty. Right. Absolutely. They're isolating the, absolutely. the difficulty that they're having in the problem, and students, um, I give them different colored markers from what they wrote in, Yeah. and students just write right there on that, on right. the quiz. So right. I get to see the quiz right. with their, um, oh. you know, sticky their, notes back to me, so the sticky notes are anonymous. Yeah. But the and the quizzes are not. So I get to identify certain students that I might want to yeah. check in with about Talk some sub skills. Yeah. 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 Especially if they're having a lot of difficulty. And a lot of students made that made mistakes today were more calculation mistakes or um, you know, how do we write yeah. um in, in one format versus another. Just and those are just clearly symbols. It's just a symbol thing. Right. Not yeah. not really understanding like the, right. the numbers are right, the symbols are not. Right. right. And that's a that's a, they're right at the beginning of this new right. structure. And
0: that that helps them understand, okay, I, I have to pay attention to this aspect, not mm-hmm. that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the other wrinkle when when you're grading things like that is to avoid what I call domino mistakes, where if you make a mistake early on, right. you don't penalize them. If
1: everything they did after, after that is right is right, it's, right, it's yeah. all right. Yeah, that's a long standing grading procedure of okay. mine. Yeah. So a lot of people just, you know, they look at the answer. If the answer's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, f- about five years ago, I was working with another teacher, and she pointed that out when we were our, comparing our answer keys. She pointed yeah. that out to me. Yeah. Um, that I, I had done that for graphing in particular. Yeah. If you make a mistake when you do certain things, you, know, you can graph a lot of these functions incorrectly.
0: What I did was, you know, a C is correct and an X is wrong, and if something early on is wrong, I do an X, and then I do an arrow to C, an arrow to C, an arrow to C. In, in other words, I'm showing this leads to that, and that leads to that, and that leads to that. Hmm. It's the wrong answer. But the arrows show that you did the process and
1: correctly. You, and you put the X on the, on the, on the th- wrong part. The part where they made a mistake. Okay. And all the
0: other parts, then, are marked correct. Even if they're not the right answer, mm-hmm. they're the right answer based on the mistake. Mm-hmm. And so the process was done well. Is
1: there, is there a point where you would have students take your answer keys and do that for themselves, what you just did? I never did that but that's a great idea. Yeah, I think I think that's I'm at, I think one. I'm at the point with some of my if they're ready, students that I, I yeah. that I might consider that. I, I don't know if it's right right now, but it, it could be in the next unit or, or one of the last units of the semester. I right. think is something I want to consider. Right. Yeah, if they can, you know, that's a that's that's a self-ass that's that self Yeah, it's a metacognitive yeah. exercise. Yeah. yeah that's a really well and if you look at um, you might you might want them
0: Instead, to be able to look at, the, uh, look at the answer key and simply circle the part where it hops the tracks.
1: Right. You know. I and mean, that's the start. I think, I think I would have to scaffold that to begin yep. with as well. I don't, yep. think, I don't think they would be able to understand you know, if they yeah. are... And, right. and you have to ask yourself how valuable a
0: skill is this. You're going to invest time in teaching them how to do mm-hmm. it. How important is it for well, them? Well, I
1: mean, for them it would be error analysis, right? Where do yeah, I understand where true. I made the error, and can I identify what the error is? Yeah, right. Yeah, and so, exactly. I mean, I think that that's an important yeah skill. And then, can I could I replicate a problem similar to like do I understand this problem now? Could I complete this problem right. after looking at that? That's
0: exactly true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, another fine exploration here. Um, okay, great. All right. Well, thanks, Ray. Right, thanks, Ray. It. It's been great. Yeah. I'd like to thank Ryan Murphy for joining me in this episode, and I would like to thank you for listening. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to iTunes and search for This Changes Everything. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a review, since that helps spread the word. You can contact me directly at larrygenie at gmail.com. That's L-A-R-R-Y-G-E-N-I at gmail. If you're interested in diving deeper, you can also go directly to my website at www.genieconsulting.org. There, you'll find two books that I've written on these topics. They're freely available, along with some video clips of classrooms at work and a library of useful information for teachers. In the next episode, I'll be joined by Joan Gallagher. She's the director of the science department at Niles North High School. We'll be discussing the challenge of keeping one's balance in spite of the hectic pace and the ever-increasing pressures that teachers face every day. I hope you'll join me. Thanks.